You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast, and I'm your host, John Clark, helping you get more clients, make more money, and master private practice. And this is a solo episode. And if it's your first time listening by chance, it's going to be quite different than uh, a lot of the other episodes on this show. And um, uh, in, in that it's going to be just kind of a... Um, uh, almost like a, just a time to reflect, a kind of peek behind the curtain, so to speak, and um, a bit of an open-ended uh, solo episode, which I haven't done in a while. I did I did one of these a, a while back, or I don't know how long, maybe over a year ago, was doing a few of these where I would just kind of turn on the mic and start talking um, and eventually find my way to, I think, some valuable stuff for you guys, um, but also just for, for those of you who have been listening a while and like to know kind of what's going on um, with me and my life, behind the scenes, etc., with my business, then um, then this is, uh, you know, might be an episode for you. So um, if not, there's tons and tons of other episodes that are um, a lot more direct and uh, um, kind of organized um, that you can always find. Uh, within this feed. So um, yeah, fear not because there's there's an episode for everyone in here. <laughs> um, and that's, I, I think that's a good thing. With that being said, you know, even this show has taken many forms uh, over time. Um, we've done, man, what was it? A hundred and some episodes. I was just looking at that actually. I should know this off the top of my head, but we've done, last week was 137 that is a lot of episodes, man. Um, and everything that goes into planning these episodes, recording them, scheduling with guests, editing the episodes, publishing them, it's a tremendous amount of work, you know. And and at the same time, it's been one of the most valuable things I've ever done for my business. Now, do we have the biggest, you know, following in the industry? No, definitely not. Um, it, you know, is this show in itself, making me all sorts of money? No, definitely not. But it is it is one of our most impactful platforms in that the audience is pretty stable um, and continues to grow. And I think most importantly, you know, you guys reach out and you guys, um, uh, you know, many of you end up working with me in some form or fashion, whether that's through um, uh, fully booked my training program or one of my mastermind groups or working with me individually, et cetera. So there's, there's a lot of ways that, um, you know, this show does its job by both uh, serving and educating you guys for free. And um, uh, for some of you, that means turning into, you know, uh, clients of mine and working with me, which is, which is in part the goal. Um, a lot of businesses and a lot of online businesses, you know, make money, just from their content alone. So basically by monetizing the content. Uh, I even have friends, you know, in other industries or even I have friends here in Paris where I live who have entirely like content-based businesses where they actually make their money through their content, whether it's through ad sponsorships or Patreon, which is a really interesting way to make money. I was just meeting with my buddy uh, Oliver this morning. He's the host of a Paris podcast called The Earful Tower that I was actually featured on a number a few weeks ago uh, about my kind of uh, um, uh, acculturation uh, or assimilation into Paris and French uh, culture. And uh, um, uh, yeah, I might've gotten those words mixed up. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, so 
yeah, so we sat down this morning and, you know, he makes uh, his money basically from Patreon, which is if you listen to the show and you like it, you're a regular listener and you get value out of it, you basically can sign up uh, to be uh, a supporter, like a pledging supporter uh, through his Patreon site, where basically you can pledge, you know, five, 10, 15, $20, whatever per month. And, you know, because he has enough listeners and enough people who want to support the show, similar to how, you know, NPR does like a, um, <clears throat> they do a, a drive or whatever, like a fundraising drive at least once a year, if not twice a year, it's all listener supported. And that means you don't end up with a show that's full of ads. So you can kind of do it either way. And I think it's interesting to think about um, doing it either way. We've had ads on this show <clears throat> a number of times. And um, overall, I think it, it goes pretty well. I don't think it's a big deal uh, for you guys to listen to the ads. And I, I've tried to select services or products that are really, um, that I believe in or that I've tried myself or use myself. And I think that's just one of my kind of standards in terms of having ad spots on the show because you don't want it to be too annoying. You don't want it to annoy your, your, your precious listeners, but you also need to keep the show alive and look for paths to monetization. Speaking of that, um, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is focus. And the part of why I think online business appeals to me and this business private practice workshop appeals to me is because I can do a lot of different things within the business. So everything from creating the podcast, shooting YouTube video, selling, you know, uh, uh, kind of, uh, more affordable digital products like my owner dashboard, um, on, on our website, um, and then selling my training program and then selling, you know, the mastermind group and things like that. It's, you know, it's, um, it's fun to have multiple offerings like that. And it also puts you at risk of uh, losing focus. So I think sometimes that happens, you know, um, and that, that's part of the risk is that you focus too much on your content. And in fact, sometimes people can have like uh, amazing content and gigantic uh, followers and stuff like that, gigantic followings. And then you work with that person or you buy their course or whatever and it sucks really bad. That can happen. And I think that's super unfortunate. Um, so I'd rather have like, uh, if it were me, I'd rather have a smaller audience, um, you know, maybe less of a following, but more of a great, of great products and services that people will really rave about and keep coming back for and become, you know, repeat clients or repeat customers. To me, that's a much better, <clears throat> that's a much better, uh, you know, uh, strategy overall. The risk is, you know, if you're doing both parts of the business, one being the, uh, the, the content part, like making this podcast and the service creation, service delivery, product delivery, product development side, then the risk is, you know, you can lose focus and it can be too much for one person or even a one small team to kind of handle and, and do justice to both sides of things. So I think you have to be careful in that regard. And I guess this, you know, the same could be true for, um, uh, for, for any business, right? You could have, you could be really crushing it on basically the marketing side of getting new customers. But then uh, once a, once a, someone goes from a listener or subscriber or whatever to a customer, then the experience goes downhill really fast because you don't have, 
systems and processes in place. You don't have the right people in place. Um, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it can, it can really go that way. Um, as, as businesses try to scale. So I do think you have to think about that and you have to be addressing both ends of the business, kind of the front end and the back end. And I think a lot of business owners find that quite hard to do. Um, speaking of business owners, and again, if this is your, the first episode you've listened to, this is not typical. I'm really just kind of indulging here in this episode and thinking out loud uh, thinking about what I've learned in the past few weeks, and 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 you can think about how some of it applies to you. Um, but again, that's just kind of what um, what this episode is today. So speaking of business owners, um, this past weekend I ended up in Nashville, Tennessee, for um, to participate in my own mastermind group's uh, live event, kind of a conference. Uh, I've been in this mastermind group quite a while now, and it's a group of um, uh, male business owners who are in all different industries. So for the longest time, I was the only, you know, counselor or person within mental health psychology, but we just got a new member recently who's also a psychologist. And that's all I'll say. Um, but it's a very special person to me. And anyway, um, it's been transformative to be around these other business owners and especially these guys who've been doing it so much longer than me and are further along. Many of them are multimillionaires with decades of experience and buying and selling businesses and being on boards and investing in companies. And they're just really quite impressive. And I would say, uh, with that being said, recently, you know, we just kicked off our newest mastermind group uh, for solo practitioners. And one of the members after the first week kind of came to me. And if you're listening, it's, I'm not going to spill the beans entirely, but just reflect on this. This person came and said, you know, uh, John, the first meeting, the first mastermind meeting was really great, but I feel like everyone else is farther along than me. And so I feel like I didn't know what to contribute, right? I feel kind of overwhelmed and not sure what I could contribute. Well, and, and so they're wondering, is this the right group for me? I'm worried this is not the right group for me. And my response was basically, it's the perfect group for you because of everything you just said, because you're overwhelmed. You feel like everyone else is further along than you and doing more and knows more. Well, you know, why wouldn't you want to be around those people for the next six months to a year to five years? There's an effect where when you put yourself around people kind of doing bigger than you, you catch up to them quite fast. You know, that that's just simply how it works. I mean, think of it this way, right? When I do anything, whether it's, uh, for instance, when it's martial arts um, uh, and I do Muay Thai kickboxing. So if I'm, if I'm kickboxing with someone who's brand new, right? Um, which happened not that long ago, this person was brand new and we were sparring you know, with, with gloves and pads on and stuff. So we're sparring and he's brand new and I'm just tearing him to pieces. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm being nice about it, but it was not a good match, right? Because he was brand new. So he's never learned, sorry about that. Just knock the mic. He's never learned how to block or kick or really throw a punch well, or keep your hands up near your face. So you don't get hit in the face too much. And so in, in that sparring, I got the best of him and was able to kind of have my way with him and win, win the sparring, right? Very clearly. I didn't get any better by <laughs> sparring with him, okay? O on the other hand, 
well, he might have gotten better because he probably learned a lot of about some of his holes and openings and was able to learn from me um, form, technique, how I'm defending myself, etc., how I'm striking. Now, on the other hand, there are a lot of guys in my gym who are much better than me. And so I end up on the other end of things. So I remember one of the first times that I ended up um, uh, kickboxing with this guy who is um, just a total monster, <laughs> to be honest. And I remember the first time I show up to, to Muay Thai and I end up sparring with him. I look over and everyone's partnering up and he's the last one to not have a partner. And so am I. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, this is going to be my first and last day here. I look over and he has a tattoo on his back that says the chosen one. And I'm like, well, that is pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> Like this guy is massive and, and covered in tattoos um, and has a tattoo that says the chosen one and has like Thai tattoos on him, which basically means he's been to Th- probably been to Thailand and trained there. So I'm like, cool, this is not going to end well. And it was okay, but I lost pretty sorely and he exposed a lot of holes in my game. I mean, within the first like 30 seconds, he's a lot shorter than me, but he got in really close and was able to kind of clench me up and then uh, gave me a really hard uppercut to the chin that hurt quite bad and like popped my jaw. Um, And that sucked. That really sucked. It hurt. It was embarrassing. It was humbling. And yet I got better by sparring with him. Okay. So again, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to elevate to the next level by just sparring people who are, who are not as far along as me. It's as simple as that. So uh, as annoyed as I was to spar with him, and I still don't really like sparring with him. <laughs> I don't think he listens to this show. Um, you know, as much as I was annoyed by that day and by sparring with him, it did teach me some things. It taught me to keep my hand up. It taught me to keep distance with guys that are shorter than me. It taught me to look for the uppercut right? And it just kind of, it forced me to, to elevate my game a little bit. So that was a long-winded explanation of why you should surround yourself with people um, who are further along than you, but it's a pretty clear explanation, right? And you should be doing the same thing in your life and business. There's the point <laughs> that you knew I was coming to. So I would think about that if I were you. Um, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are kind of playing small and playing it safe and really like constantly struggling in their business, you might want to think about surrounding yourself with a different kind of people who are further along than you can either mentor you or you can just be around and kind of observe informally. I do that as well, right? So along the, the martial arts line, you know, a part of how I get better also is just by watching carefully and observing people who are better than me, both at the gym when we're sparring. I'll just kind of sit out sometimes and watch the people who are really good and try to emulate them. And I watch a lot of UFC on TV. So like the professional league of mixed martial arts, I'll watch them as well because they're doing it at the highest level. And it's not that I'm going to ever get there or want to get there, but um, it's that those guys are the best in the world. So I'm carefully watching how they do it. And I'm just thinking, how can I emulate some part of that? Right. So I notice one fighter who moves a lot with his feet. So I'm going to move more with my feet, right. To try to emulate some of that. So 
if on the other hand I start watching the worst fighters or all I do is hang out with beginners or spar with beginners, you can bet that I'm never going to advance. So anyway, so I spent this this past weekend in Nashville with um, my mastermind group and it was really impactful. The theme was human connection. And there's a theme every year. There's over 150 guys in this community broken up into mastermind groups of 10 people. And the theme was human connection. And uh, at first I was like, oh man, I want kind of something cooler than that. Or I want like, you know, something more technical or savvy or like finance or I don't know, like strategy or something like that. And, And then I realized how perfect this theme was. The reason is, you know, I got into this work in helping therapists um, out of my um, my foundation of being a therapist and helping clients. So it really is as simple as like, I have always felt like I'm meant to be a therapist and I am a therapist at my core no matter what. And then helping therapists became an extension of that. And all of this stuff I do online, like even this podcast or like, you know, funnels and email marketing and Facebook ads and all this stuff, it's really just meant to create connection and it's meant to create a bridge between you and I. So, uh, and, and I've said this before, but I don't even really like all the, the, the tech stuff. I don't really like the, the funnels and the click funnels and the, um, the Google stuff and Google ads and you know, I, I, I like it enough to do it and to learn about it and to take interest in it, but I really do it for two reasons. I do it to create a connection with you. And I do it because in terms of teaching therapists, it's, it's, I have found it's like the biggest impact I can have in terms of, of working with you all. And it's a big, scary thing for many of you all. And so that's what led me to kind of lean twice as hard into it. Honestly, it just, it, it became clear to me early on that helping with digital marketing is a, is where I can have the most impact with therapists because it's kind of the biggest beast I could tackle, the biggest question, um, question mark for, for many therapists. And the cool thing is if you can lean into it, you can have not only a full practice, but you can use those skills then to have more and more impact uh, on the world. And I really believe that. Imagine this for a second. This is why I like doing these episodes. <laughs> I need to think out loud sometimes. We all do. You may or may not just turn on a mic to do so, but it's, uh, it's, I really like doing this. So imagine this. The imp- imagine the impact you have on one client. Let's say with one client, you sit down and you work with them for eight sessions and you walk them through more or less your, your method, your model for helping with depression. Maybe that includes starting out by teaching them about depression, right? Kind of that psychoeducation part, uh, giving them a book about depression of someone else's book, or maybe you wrote it, or maybe it's an ebook that you wrote. Um, Each session, maybe you do like some cognitive restructuring, right? Maybe some CBT stuff. Maybe you do help them create, you know, do a gratitude journal for the next 30 days, Um, Maybe you help them get back into an exercise routine. You probably have a bit of a method, a bit of a model for the way you work with clients. Okay. So imagine through that time, eight sessions, roughly, let's say eight hours of time with that person. And let's say you impacted their life dramatically. They went from, you know, a depression score of 100, 
just making this up to a depression score of zero, right, over eight weeks. Let's say they were totally free of their depression by the end of that eight weeks because of what you did with them in your sessions. Okay, so you you had this powerful life-changing effect on this one person through your therapy. Imagine if you could take that exact model, that exact method, and do it not just for that one person, but do it to a group of 10 people. Okay, now you've magnified your impact times 10. You walk 10 people through that same exact model, maybe in the form of group therapy or like a class. Okay, now imagine you've impacted those 10 people's lives. That's huge. That's 10 times as much impact as you were having before. Now imagine you took that model, you put it online, let's say in the form of a course or a training program or a membership site or a group coaching experience online or something like that. And through online marketing, through things like podcasting and webinars and email lists and Facebook and all this stuff, you impacted 100 people in eight weeks through your program. Just imagine that, right? Imagine that. It's incredible. Because over the course of a year, let's say, you know, how many clients do you see? Let's say you see 20 clients on average. And um, over the course of a year, you know, maybe you're adding a couple of new clients a week. Um, so let's say, I don't know, you, you have 10 clients who are with you for the whole year. And then you roughly have like five or 10, um, you know, new clients each month or something like that. So let's just say you're seeing up to 100 clients in an entire year hundred different people. I don't know. Versus, or maybe in addition to a program that you can kind of disseminate and impact people's lives through, um, through the form of something more scalable online. Like imagine how cool that is and not, not worrying about like the tech part or the funnels or how do I do it? Or what if I can't afford the, you know, to set it up or to get people or to build a list or whatever, who, who knows, who cares, right? That stuff can be acquired. It can be learned. But just imagine that you take your model for treating depression and then you help a thousand more people this year. That's taking, you know, your impact with one person and multiplying it by a thousand. It's pretty unbelievable, right? So, you know, again, didn't have an agenda for this episode, but that's just, I think that's really incredible you know, and this is, this is roughly the, the, um, the, the journey I've had in helping therapists. I talked about last week, all the way back to my days in San Francisco and doing my, you know, little workshops in the Noe Valley library or working one-on-one just with a few therapists in San Francisco to, uh, to thinking I wanted to be a college professor and would impact more people through that, you know, groups of people through that and cohorts of students to now being able to work with therapists kind of at scale and even work with you just for free through this podcast, right? And, and being able to reach thousands of people each month. It's pretty crazy, you know, and, and we were sitting there last week at the conference and um, <clears throat> one of the guys had done these like Alexa briefings, which I don't really know what that is. I think it's like an Amazon thing, maybe like if you have the Alexa home device. Maybe it like plays little short briefings, like short podcasts basically, but through Alexa, I think he had done this for like a hundred days or something. And he said, well, and, and even though this guy had only had like a hundred downloads per um, episode or something, uh, 
he was like, imagine that you are speaking to a room of a, about like this size every single week. And I thought about that and I looked around and was like, wow, that's actually kind of incredible. Cause I looked around and if you've been in a room of like a hundred or 150 people, which is what this event was, that was a lot, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of ears and brains and, you know, people from all, all over the place. And, you know, if you just imagine like, let's say you're making a point through what you're saying and it impacts one person, like, and it sparks an idea for one person or sparks some emotion or some hope in one person. Well, imagine if you got 150 people in the room, who else is probably having that effect uh, or that feeling, right? Who else is probably being impacted by what you're saying? And then you get kind of fired up, right? So again, even if you don't have the biggest show in the world, the biggest following in the world, which I really don't, um, the the ability and the opportunity to impact uh, a bunch of people at once is profound. You know, that's really profound. And that's something that I think is, it makes it all worth doing. And then what you do is you basically, once you've done that and you've created you have some people's attention, well, then you find a way to help them in the form of, you know, a way that's going to grow your business, right? So in this case, consulting or getting them into your program, something like that. So when you look at it that way, it's business in itself is really quite simple, right? You get people's attention, your potential customer's attention, wherever they hang out, you serve them, you create a relationship with them through your content, through your marketing, through your message, even if that's an in-person message, and then you call them to action into uh, into working with you through some sort of paid programming. That's really all a business is for, for the most part. So in that regard, I, I think if you were thinking and have been thinking, even just 5% of you is thinking about starting a, uh, another business or an online business or even like a project to serve therapists or to serve more therapy consumers, now's the time to do it. The technology is there. The opportunity is there. You can get help from people like me uh, who've done it. And you don't have anything to lose other than time and kind of opportunities. So I think, you know, maybe I'll start wrapping things up here, but now is the time to try whatever it is and give yourself a period of time to try it and to potentially fail with it. Because let's say you say, well, for the next six months, or even a year, I'm going to podcast and make YouTube videos and grow an email list and maybe get on other people's podcasts. Even if you just did one of those things, you'd be doing a lot more than you're doing now. And you can potentially, yeah, scale beyond you and your private practice and um, generate some passive income or generate big spurts of income, you know, outside of just your practice. And it can help your practice in that it can kind of help you store some of your energy, preserve some of your energy, you know, make more money so you don't feel so pressed to see too many clients each week. Um, There's just so much it can do for you in your life. I really think now's the time to do it. It's an incredible opportunity. It's been incredible for me now that I'm full-time in this business, this online business. Um, It's scary at times, I won't lie, because a lot of it's unknown, a lot of it's always changing, and I have to learn new things like YouTube and Instagram and whatever to kind of keep up, but but it's all worth it, right? Because it connects me with you guys, and it's it's a great business. It's a business I can do anywhere, as long as I can open my laptop and get online. And um, I just think it's the way of the future. I think a lot of therapists are going to end up doing stuff like 
like this. And I think a lot of therapists also are going to end up doing a lot more just online practices. In fact, I know they are because I see them all over the internet and a lot of therapists are moving that direction anyway. So that they have the time and freedom and flexibility to do what they want in their lives and with their families and whatnot. So now's the time. If you never try, you're never going to know whether or not it would work. And the worst case scenario is it doesn't work. You go back to doing what you're doing and you've learned a bunch or you have a funny story (laughs) or a story to tell. So that's what I think, guys. Thanks for indulging me today. I hope you enjoyed it as always. um, As always, you know where to find me. If you're just listening along and not quite ready to work with me, then leaving a review on iTunes is the way you can kind of return the favor um, and sharing your favorite episode with like a friend or two. Um, That's that's the other way that you can kind of help out. So um, make sure you do that right now. We do want to keep growing the show. We really want this and need this thing to get bigger um, in order to keep to keep doing it and making it worth it, you know, for us. So um, make sure you are sharing your favorite episode with a friend. We, we need your help growing this thing. Um, otherwise, if you're interested, you know, in working together, just go to privatepracticeworkshop.com, learn about our programs, whether it's fully booked or uh, our mastermind group or at the highest level uh, doing individual consulting with me. All right, there you have it, folks. Thanks for indulging me today. I hope you took something away and I hope you take care of yourselves this week. Uh, Have a good week and um, get some rest this weekend. And I look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday as always. Okay, take care of yourselves. See you soon. Bye-bye.